0: To Law and Gospel Email Friday on this October the 7th in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And so we look at emails that we have received and articles in order to help you understand the well role of Christianity in today's society. Well, we take a look at this email that I received entitled The Rubble World and the church. Now, what does that mean? Well, it begins by talking about ally forces that walked down the once elegant boulevards of European cities, demolished by hurricanes of bombs during the Second World War. And these allied forces were stunned at the devastation. All that was left of once stately sections of London, vast swaths of Dresden, almost the whole of Berlin, were mountains of brick, twisted steel, broken girders, choking dust, and ragged, empty-eyed people. Rubble, rubble everywhere. Now, one of the tendencies that I like to use in talking about Christianity and its effect on the world is, of course, metaphors. A metaphor is used throughout the Bible many times. And it's important to understand what the true meaning of a metaphor is. Uh, For example, if You always say that Jesus is the Lamb of God. That's metaphorical for reminding us that the Lamb was slaughtered as a sacrifice, and Jesus was indeed slaughtered at the crucifixion. But lambs do not rise from the dead. No, there's no resurrection of lambs. So the metaphor of a lamb is really about his sacrifice, not his resurrection. Similarly, various metaphors can have a double meaning. For example, if I say I have a wonderful life because of my wife, She's a real anchor for me. Well, that has one meaning. But if I said, Oh, things are just really bad in our life, in our marriage, because my wife is nothing but an anchor. You see, the word anchor would have two meanings. In the first one, it means that it keeps the ship in a certain position. And protects it from waves, from the banks, from rocks, etc. In the second idea of an anchor, that's the idea that an anchor is something that does not permit you freedoms to do what you would like to do because you're anchored. So metaphors are really important. And In this email, the metaphor of the rubble world at the end of World War II is now compared to the church. The article says, When we look at the spiritual, moral, institutional, and intellectual rubble of our once favored civilization— After decades of culture carp bombing by forces intent on destroying a society built on the Judeo-Christian worldview, we see rubble everywhere. In households, churches, schools, media, courtrooms, legislative chambers, and even in the very agencies that should be guided by high principles for the production and well-being of society. Now, who is dropping bombs on our civilization? That would be, normally we refer to them as liberals, people who do not believe the word of God and therefore are trying to change our civilization. The homosexual movement would be a good example of that, that they are totally opposed to monogamous marriages. They think that no, a man can marry a man, a woman can marry a woman, but we saw not that long ago, how AIDS really made a difference in their lifestyle. Now, some people will say, well, you can't use AIDS and say that that is from God. Well, who is it from? And how does it particularly affect individuals who are part of the gay movement. Well, there have been a number of medical advances to help those people with their suffering. But now there's a new thing called monkey pox. You may not have heard about it, but once more, we're not having an honest talk about monkeypox. The World Health Organization on a recent day in July recommended that gay and bisexual men limit their number of sexual partners to protect themselves from monkeypox and help slow transmissions of the rapidly spreading virus now it's kind of interesting that they have pictures of men who are in line in order to get some kind of medicine from monkeypox men have died from monkeypox and it's been very clear that the who that's the World Health Organization. It's not a Christian group. It's a group that looks at medical situations. They report that monkeypox is almost exclusively among homosexually active males. Now, one cannot but think that that is is part of sin's consequences. We know from a law and gospel point of view that when you sin, there will be a negative consequence. And how can you deny that monkeypox is not the negative consequence for this immoral lifestyle? a lifestyle that, wow, people are not being honest about. In other words, another article I received, colleges and universities are beginning their new academic years. For the past two and a half years, they have been navigated by the corona coronavirus pandemic and its effects. Now, while most experts agree that COVID-19 has transitioned to a far more manageable endemic, the specter of monkeypox now looms as faculty and students return to campus. Unfortunately, The liberal progressive assumptions that pervade higher education interfere with a straightforward conversation about monkeypox. In recent days, the Chronicles of Higher Education have published several articles that aim to help academic leaders prepare their institutions for monkeypox. Now, the articles offer plenty of helpful information about the nature of monkeypox and sound advice about planning for potential outbreaks. They even rightly note that monkeypox has thus far primarily affected the LGBTQ plus population, especially gay men. But when you read these articles from the university, they quickly pivot to warning about the need not to stigmatize the gay community because of monkeypox. Some of their examples, Christians can and would affirm without reservation. We should avoid spreading false information that monkeypox is classified as a sexually transmitted disease, or that it affects gay men exclusively, even if, as reported, more than 95% of cases are found in that population. But the university is really hesitant to make those kinds of decisions. Another article that I received was a book by a woman. It's not a Christian book, but it certainly can be used by Christians because she shows very clearly how the female movement for liberty has really been a disaster for women throughout the world. As people turn away from the Christian faith to their own views, things happen. And that is why that there is not a truthful understanding of what God is allowing to happen for those who are really part of the homosexual movement. If we did not love these people, we would be quiet about it. But what is happening, it is causing rubble within the world, particularly among young people who have been targeted by the homosexual bombers sweeping over their culture. We we can talk about mountains of grief and hopelessness for those who have been so wounded in the culture shaped by Satan the destroyer and those who have rejected the Christ and become the representatives of the power of darkness in this present world. Now, in the midst of all this, there are those who rightly warn the church about the minefields in this rubble world. Some now are stressing that the church must not be politicized, but in an age when issues are so starkly centered on spiritual, ethical, moral and worldview issues, and when one set of candidates stands against anti-biblical policies while another set promotes them, the churches are silent or risk being judged as too political. That is not sufficient. I, I really agree with those who urge us not to be institutionally suckered into godless political worldviews on the right or on the left but to simply urge not to be political leaves us hiding in bomb shelters that once were churches daring to take stands on issues that are destroying us we should not be retriever dogs for candidates who want to run as Christian, but whose public speech and actions are often anti-Christian. In this hour, the rubble world desperately needs the real, living, dynamic, sound, and steady church. The church, we must know who we are and amid all this, or the warnings of those who are concerned, we need to be a religious form. And that needs to be spoken of in the world. Remember, the real church is the bride of Christ, living in intimacy with him in the midst of an adulterous culture. The Bible often refers to unbelievers as adulterers because they are breaking the marriage covenant with Jesus Christ. Therefore, the New Testament church that is Jesus-centered, spirit-energized, word-anchored, kingdom-envisioning, and servant-hearted, is really the remnant community in the world today yes there may be a remnant but it will never go out of existence it's good to review saint paul's statement in second corinthians five fourteen that we are ambassadors for christ that's the authentic church today It is the outpost of the kingdom, the embassy of the kingdom of heaven in the rubble world. And it's not at all unusual that the church is the kingdom of heaven on earth, as will our afterlife in heaven be a continuation of the kingdom of heaven. We need to kind of be, and here we use another example, in view of recent events that the proclamation of the Soviet government is that the Republic of Poland has ceased to exist. When that was said, Hitler's armies, then allied with the Soviet Union, had blitzed into Poland. Russian, Russia had stood by like a vulture ready to pick clean the Polish corpse. But the Polish ambassador knew his country and he fired back. Poland will never cease to exist, the ambassador said, as he refused to take note of the Russian threats. That's the task of the church, to refuse to say that the church will cease to exist. And it will not cease to exist because there are promises from the Bible. In the political blitzes of our chaos-heaving age, the real church must know who she is as the remnant people of Christ. The Polish ambassador knew whom he represented, the leaders and people of free Poland. So the church now must know whom she represents, Jesus Christ and his community. As the remnant community, the church is a nation within nations. Her citizenship is really in heaven. Philippians 3, verse 20. That should make her a better citizen of her earthly abode, but not an institutional lapdog to hop at every command of the candidates and officials. Like the Polish ambassador, the church must have the conviction to say no when candidates and parties want to tell her what to do and make her a formal partisan of their causes and campaigns. Now that doesn't mean that there are some candidates that on the basis of Christian belief do become an ambassador for the church. And I'm thinking particularly of moral issues like homosexuality, uh, abortion, gay marriage, and the like. As a remnant community, she becomes a better citizen of her earthly abode. Further, since we are ambassadors for Christ, one can say that the church is the embassy of Christ's kingdom in a fallen world. Among other things, an ambassador speaks as the voice of the kingdom of which he or she is the representative. That's very, very important for parents to understand because the greatest mission of the remnant church is to speak into this world, not some rhetorical masterpiece that the church contrives, but what the master has given us in the Bible. So yes, let us not be a mere extension of a particular political party and its candidates, but neither should members of the church withdraw from the political process when the Bible makes it clear as to what the will of God is. The rubble world needs the beautiful feet on the hills of trash and devastation. So church, don't sell out and don't pull out. This email is written by a former pastor with 18 years as a teaching pastor at Second Baptist Church in Houston, Illinois, or Houston, Texas. His name is Wallace B. Henley. He is the author or co-author of more than 25 books, including God and Churchill co-authored with Sir Winston Churchill's great-grandson, Jonathan Sandys. His latest book is entitled, Who Will Rule the Coming Gods? The Looming Spiritual Crisis of Artificial Intelligence, where some in the church are actually relying on on computers etc to be the leaders against the immorality of this world no the only leader is jesus christ and how do you know what he says you read his words the entire bible is offered by the holy trinity inspired by the holy spirit spoken by god the father and god the son remember on the road to emmaus when jesus met after the re- resurrection with two disciples how did he help them to understand the necessity of the messiah's crucifixion and his resurrection he began in genesis through malachi the only existing bible at the time called the Old Testament, and he went through the verses that explained the necessity of God becoming a human being in order to die for our sin and to save us from the devil himself. That still is the message of the Christian church, but it means that the church needs to use the law in making clear what God considers to be anti-Christian lifestyles and to show how the consequences of sin come upon those who refuse to listen to Jesus Christ. Those consequences sometimes are obvious, as is the monkey pox disease. But other times, It may be less obvious as people lose their homes, their marriages, their children, their possessions, because of their sinful natures. God has a promise. And that promise is that sinful behavior will result in terrible consequences, including hell itself but the church preaches heavenly consequences through faith in Jesus Christ. Don't be surprised that you're in a rubble world. And don't be surprised that God uses you to speak to the rubble world. More on this rubble world on Monday's Long Gospel. God bless you.